If you will be opening to Jude, we're going to seek to finish up our study tonight. And I have some uh, passages if you'd like to look up a passage and be ready to read it. I'll just start these if you want one to take it. If you don't, just pass it on. If we can get those all looked up and be ready with those when we need those. If you came in a little bit later, remind you, next uh, Wednesday we'll start this study called Abiding in Christ. Uh, this will be your book. We'll have one of these for you on Wednesday. So I think that will be an encouragement to you and a help to you. So we invite you back. And I look forward to a brand new study together. And we're going to, as I said, finish up Jude tonight. And we uh, were able to cover this in uh, 11 sessions. This is number 11. And uh, some of you are here for all of them. Some of you are here for a few of them. But we're glad you're here tonight regardless. And tonight we're going to end on a high note, to say the least. And so as you're finding Jude and as you're finding uh, those passages, those who are looking up, uh, psychiatrist Viktor Frankl uh, wrote a book, Man's Search for Meaning. And he observed the loss of hope and courage can have a deadly effect on a man. The loss of hope and courage can have a deadly effect on a man. And he's speaking from his own experience because Viktor Frankl was in a Nazi concentration camp. And he said, Frankl contended that when a person no longer possesses a reason for living, no future to look forward to, he shrivels up and dies. He said from his own experience, any attempt to restore a man's inner strength in camp, in those Nazi camps, had first to succeed in showing him some future goal. And um, that was very interesting to see the impact upon a person who has no hope, no future goals, uh, nothing to look forward to, to see that person literally shrivel up and die. And the author sharing this as I was reading said, so it is with life. Life is a concentration camp in the sense that none of us gets out alive. And that's a blessing to you, isn't it? Aren't you glad you came tonight to know that life is like a concentration camp that none of us gets out alive? Yet we can all have something to look forward to. We do not have to shrivel up and die tonight. Because he says, after warning his readers about the dangers of false teachers and the need to resist them, Jude concluded his letter with a great resounding doxology of hope. Although none of us gets out alive unless we're raptured out before death comes, uh, we have something to look forward to as a believer. Uh, We have heaven and we have the Lord Jesus. To put it another way, Jude's going to finish his letter on a high note. Now, let's just be honest about it. If you've been with us for any time in the book of Jude, it's been a book filled with apostates. It's been distressing. It's been somewhat depressing uh, to see these people who were false teachers who crept in the church unawares. Uh, they attacked the grace of God. Uh, they attacked the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and we realize he talked about that a lot, but he didn't just live there. He last week challenged us to keep on keeping on. Uh, he challenged us last week that we were to build ourselves up in our faith and uh, to pray in the Holy Spirit and to keep ourselves in the love of God and have compassion and so forth. And so he didn't live in that area. He says, listen, that's them. But for you who are Christians, I want you to keep on keeping on. And tonight, he's going to end the book just like he began the book. He began the book with God. Look at Jude, uh, verse 1. Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called, sanctified by God the Father, preserved in Jesus Christ, mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. He began with God, and now drop down to verse 24. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling... 
and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God, our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Now, I'll be honest with you, this is considered by many to be one of the greatest doxologies in all the Bible. What we just read in those two verses. He began the letter with God. He ends with God and prays to God. And Jude had written some very hard things to these Christians. And so he concludes by doing something very, very important. He wrote some words that are delightful, that are beautiful, that are doctrinal. But what he did here is he left them with encouragement. He encouraged these believers. Yes, he's been talking about the apostates and the false teachers and all these things. But he doesn't end there. He says, now. Now to God. Notice it again. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God, our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. You get the sense of how he's ending on a high note. He's ending with focusing upon the Lord. They needed to look up and they needed to look ahead. Uh, They need to glance at their problems, but gaze at their God. They need to be reminded, yes, there are these apostates. Yes, there are these false teachers. Yes, there, there are those who seek to destroy the church and the doctrines that we love. But they're not going to succeed ultimately. Their days are numbered. They're doomed. Their days are short. And he ends on a high note. Let me ask you a question tonight. You can interact and answer now. When you look around our world tonight, what do you see? Let's just be honest about it. When you look around our world tonight... What do you say? Uncertainty. All right, uncertainty. Doom and gloom. Doom and gloom. Evil. Turmoil. Confusion. Confusion. You're right. Hopelessness. Hopelessness. Idiocy. Amen. <laughs> when you've got the news glorifying somebody like Charlie Sheen, and that's all that's on the news. Yeah. But then we had some soldiers to die yeah. overseas, and their name's not, not even mentioned. That's, to me, idiotic. I have a friend I graduated with in the high school, and he's I think he's teaching at a, uh, our local, back home, our local um, community college. And he said he had a first of the day. One of his students, you know, they cheat and copy, but this this fellow copied the other fellow's name on his papers. I mean, uh, anyway, yeah, we've got some folks that aren't too bright, don't we? I, I asked him, did he spell it right? At least to give him a little bit of credit. He said, yeah, he spelled it right. So. Don't, don't worry to stay hire him. Anybody <laughs> <laughs> that owns a business, you won't have to worry about that. Oh, man. Greed. Greed, yes. We, we glory in greed. Um, I, I'm disturbed when I see that what's portrayed with, with parents now. Uh, they're training their children to be divas. That's a term you hear all the time. And uh, all this kind of stuff. I mean, it's like, serve me, please me, live for me. The world's about me. Listen, the world's about Jesus Christ. Life's about Jesus Christ. Uh, we're to be servants. And uh, we're to serve. But can we agree at least that we, we see a lot of bad stuff around us? I mean, this is depressing. You already wish you hadn't come tonight. We've already told you life's like a concentration camp. You aren't getting out alive and everything around you doom and gloom. But wait! We look around. Now, let's do something else. Believer, let's look up. Let's look ahead. What do you see tonight? Go ahead and answer. What do you see tonight as you look up and you look ahead? Hope. Hope. The Lord Jesus. Heaven. 
perfection. Man, that's exciting, isn't it? Peace. Peace. Yes, peace. The things that we don't necessarily know, practically speaking. Now, in our hearts, we have peace, right? In our hearts, we know these things. But practically speaking, we're not experiencing it, right? There are those who hold to an eschatology that we're living right now in uh, the kingdom and so forth. Well, if we are, this a mighty pitiful kingdom. Uh, we're not living in, in the kingdom here upon this earth right now. It won't happen until the Lord Jesus comes and returns and sets up his millennial kingdom. But the, the point is not, I want you to be encouraged tonight. I want you to realize and get this, that you are secure. Somebody said uncertainty a while ago. As a Christian, you're secure in this life and you're secure in the life to come. You say, well, preacher, how can you say such a thing? Well, because God's word says it. You're secure in this life and you're secure in the life to come. And as we're going to see tonight, our security, thank God, is not based on us. Can you imagine if we had to secure ourselves and keep ourselves secure in, in the Lord? We'd be in miserable shape. We'd be, we'd be lost. We don't keep ourselves. It's based upon the Lord. If it were up to us, we'd fall before we got out of this room tonight. We would. So let's talk about those two main things tonight. Christian, you're secure in this life. You're secure in this life. Go back and look at verse 24 again. The first part of that verse, it says, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling. And then drop down to verse, uh, uh, verse uh, 25, where it says, To God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Now, I want to point out something to you very, very important. If you go back and look at the first part of verse 24, and I want you to notice something that I want you to hang on to, hold on to, rejoice in, and that is the fact that your God, our God, is able. He is able. Our God is able. Uh, everything we talk about tonight is based upon the fact that our God is able. We used to sing a song in Bible camp. He's able. He's able. I know he's able. And he is able. And verse 25 reminds us not only is he able, he's wise. Uh, we're reminded of his glory. We're reminded of his majesty, his dominion, his power. Our God is not only willing, but he is able. There's a lot of people who are willing to do a lot of things, but they're not able to do them. Our God is not only willing, He is able. Now, keeping it in the context of our little book, Jude, notice what it says He's able to do here. Now, to Him who is able to keep you from stumbling. To keep you from stumbling. Some believe that perhaps these believers here in Jude He was writing to, they were a little bit scared. Why? Because they were surrounded by false teachers. They were crept into the church. They might have been a little bit fearful. They too were going to stumble and fall when it came to their faith. And he says, listen, your God is able to keep you from stumbling. Uh, you're not, you're not, you don't have to follow the teaching of this, uh, these apostates. Uh, listen, true believers, those who truly know the Lord Jesus Christ, they are saved eternally. They're secure in Christ. They're never going to fall and they're never going to become apostates. Apostates are those who claim to know the truth but don't know the truth. Listen, if you know Jesus Christ, you're not going to fall from grace. You're eternally secure. Let me read to you what Wearsby said. He said, Jude was not writing about the possibility of a believer sinning and falling from God's family. We've noted before that he made it clear in Jude 1 that true believers are preserved and cannot be lost. He was writing about the believer's daily walk with the Lord and the danger of going astray and stumbling. If we disobey God, by the way, since you've been a believer, have you ever disobeyed God? I have. I have. 
We may confess our sins and receive his forgiveness. First John one nine. If we persist in disobedience, he will chasten us in his love. Hebrews twelve five through eleven. He will never permit one of his own to be lost. Listen, Christian, we are secure in this life. We're secure. God is working in us. God is working through us. And he's not done yet. Praise the Lord. He's not done with me. Don't give up on me. He's not done with me. He's not done with you. Don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on the believers. He's not done with us. As a child of God, I think about it. As a child of God, I'm not what I used to be. But you know what? I'm also not what I'm going to be. Think about that for a moment. I'm not what I used to be. I'm, I'm saved. I'm redeemed. But I'm not what I'm going to be. I'm going to be perfect in Christ. Now, positionally, I'm perfect in Christ. But practically speaking, I'm real rough around the edges. You? Let's get some scripture on that. God is not through. Here is Romans 8.29. Did I get that one out? All right, would you read it, please? For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. Thank you. He's forming you. He's molding you. He's shaping you to be like his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. We get so caught up with the here and now, we forget about the then and there. We get so caught up with the here and now, we forget about the then and there. We get so caught up in this world and what's going on in our lives right now, we forget to look up and look ahead. Because this is not all there is. Now, for the lost person, this is as good as it's ever going to get. Is that a sad thought or what? I hope they do live it up. This is all they're going to get. Why? Because they're going to face an eternity apart from Christ and hellfire for all eternity. Uh, those who died in the time of Christ, they're still burning tonight. Those who died 100 years ago are still burning tonight who died without Christ. They'll be burning 10,000 years from now, a million years from now, 10 million years from now. They'll still be in hellfire. We don't say that with a smile on our face. We say it with broken hearts. This is as good as it gets for a lost person right here. Listen. This is not as good as it gets for a believer. We're going to heaven. We're going to be with the Lord. And I want to show you in the rest of that verse 24 that, Christian, you're secure in the life to come. He says you're not going to stumble here. Uh, You're not going to fall from the Lord and fall from grace. If if you do disobey, you confess that. If you keep on in disobedience, he's going to chasten you. He's going to bring you back and discipline you. But notice the next part of verse 25. And to present you faultless... Before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Now, let's wait a minute. Let's read that again. To present you faultless. Anybody else have another translation? Blameless. Faultless, blameless. Now, process that word for a moment. Faultless. Blameless. Let's get some scripture on it. Read, Read it loud and clear if you did get it. Now, we're talking about... The life to come, the future, Ephesians 5, 26 and 27. Who has that? All right. That he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. He's talking there, thank you, about the church. And, of course, the church, we're the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ, right? And he's working, he's working to bring us, and he's going to present us, he's going to wash us, present to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but holy and without blemish. Now, let's just be honest. We'll be honest with ourselves tonight. Are we like that right now, practically speaking? 
Now, positionally in Christ, we are right. In Christ, we're perfect, complete, positionally speaking. But practically speaking tonight, we got a few blemishes, don't we? We've got a few problems, don't we? Uh, That's not going to be the case in the days to come. He is going to present us to himself uh, perfect, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Who has 1 Peter 1.8, please? Whom having not seen ye love, in whom, though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. You rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Did you notice in verse 25 it says he's going to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Somebody else, if you would add 1 John 3, 2, please. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Thank you. That's what it goes back to. I just said a moment ago. As a child of God, I'm not what I used to be, but I'm also not what I'm going to be. Because 1 John 3, 2 says, Beloved, now we are the children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, what we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. Is that encouraging or what, child of God? How about take your, your, your socks off tonight? Who has Revelation 19, 6 and 7, please? Yeah. <clears throat> Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing water, like the like loud peals of thunder shouting, Hallelujah, for the Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give Him glory. Okay, and verse 7 there. Yeah, let us rejoice and be glad and give Him glory. Okay, I got a little part. Maybe I wrote it down wrong. 19, maybe, what's the next verse say there, Steve? How about the marriage supper of the Lamb? Yeah. Oh, I didn't finish it. Though. Yeah, if you go ahead and read it. People <laughs> right. get the call in here to. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory, for the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. Thank you. Uh, the New King James has the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. So we're looking forward to that day. As the bride of Christ, as the child of God who's been perfected, what an awesome thing that is. But go back to Jude now, and I want you to notice who is doing this work. It says again in verse 24, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. God is at work in our lives. Uh, It's God our Savior. Yes, we stay in the Word. Yes, we pray. Yes, we grow. Yes, we're obedient to the Lord. Yes, we do these things. But ultimately, it's God who is doing this work in us. He is able. It goes on to say in verse 25 there, To God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. We're reminded that our God is all-powerful. He's all-powerful. Nobody's more powerful than God. He's all-knowing. He doesn't have to learn anything. He knows everything. He's all-present. He's present all of us being all at the same time. He is here tonight. He's full of glory and wisdom. Uh, who can stay His hand or say, What doest thou? Who can stop God? Who can do anything against Him ultimately unless He allows them to have any room at all? Who can frustrate His sovereign rule of the universe? Nobody. Nobody. Now, it appears, we look around, like it looks like everything's out of control. 
Looks like the world's going to hell in a handbasket. Looks like just everything's just chaotic and, and, and crazy. And in many ways it is. But listen, I want to remind you that God is holding all things together. I want to remind you tonight that His will will be accomplished. His will will be accomplished. No doubt about it. There's no way around it. He is going to have the final say. Listen again to just how great our God is. Somebody wrote this concerning what it's talked about in verse 25. Why should we walk in obedience to God's will? So that Christ might receive the glory. Glory, there he says, is the sum total of all that God is and all that God does. Everything about him is glorious. He says the glory of man fades as the mown grass, but the glory of God goes on eternally. Majesty means greatness and magnificent. Only God is great. Dominion has to do with God's sovereignty and His rule over all things. The Greek word means strength and might. It carries the idea of complete control over all things. Power means authority, which is the right to use power. All authority belongs to Jesus Christ. Who has... I think I gave you Matthew twenty-eight, eighteen. All right, would you read that, brother? And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Thank you. Jesus Christ has all authority. All authority. And, beloved, he has authority over the powers of darkness. Did I give out Ephesians 1, 19 through 23? All right, would you read that, sister? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power? which he wrote in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him in his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, in every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Thank you. I hope you notice the last part of verse 25. After it said to God, our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power. I want you to notice the next words there, both now and forever. So what we're talking about tonight is not just for tomorrow. It's not just for heaven. It's not just for when we get our new bodies. It's not just for eternity. These truths about our God should impact us right now. Where we are, where we live, this moment. This should impact where we live tonight. We forget that we're the sons and daughters of God. We forget that our Father is the King. We forget that we have a heavenly home. We forget that we're heirs and joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ. Quit spending all your time looking around and spend some time looking up and looking ahead. We don't need to be downcast tonight. We don't need to be discouraged tonight. We don't need to be downtrodden tonight. Listen, our God is in control. Our God is able. Our God is powerful and glorious. He has dominion and power. All authority belongs to Jesus Christ. We have a heavenly home. We have eternity with Him. Our God reigns. Our God is great. Our God is wise. We throw that word around awesome. This is awesome. Listen, our God is awesome. Awesome. But we forget it, don't we? We get so inundated with everything going on around us. Rough days at work. Family problems. Financial problems. 
relationship problems, problems with children, problems with parents, problem after problem after problem. And these things are real. We're not discounting them. We know we know we have to deal with those things. But listen, our God reigns. This is not all there is. Our God is awesome. And he says, come to me, call out to me, cry out to me. I'm here. I'm able. I'll I'll keep you from stumbling. I'm going to present you faultless. I'm working in your life. I'm working in you and I'm forming you and I'm shaping you. I'm taking all these things that are going on in your life and I'm taking every one of them, child of God, and I'm going to conform them and change them and use them to make you like my son, the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but that's awesome. That's encouraging. We were riding along one day. And, uh, you know, Gideon and, and Gabe, uh, Gideon likes to sing. Um, and he, he just started singing one day a song. And, and I don't know where he learned the song, to be honest with you. I don't know if he learned it heard on the radio or he learned it here in, in Children's Church or uh, at, that, at that time. I don't know. Maybe he even learned it at one of the other vacation Bible schools in our community. You know, we, we do the BBS circuit. Uh, maybe y'all did that too. If you have young children, you do the VBS circuit and you, you go to all the different churches. But he started singing a song. And I don't know where he learned it, but I'm glad he learned it. And um, it's become one of our family's favorite little songs. And, and I want to give it to you tonight. And thankfully our little license here allows. But I want to play this song for you tonight. And if you want to sing along. But it focuses our attention as we close out this book of Jude where it belongs. It focuses our attention on God. And he sang it. Man, that excited me. And we heard it the other day, and, 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 and Gabe chimed up and said, hey, that's, that's, our, that's our favorite song. Yeah. And so if you take one of these and, and pass them back, and I want to play it for you tonight. If you want to sing along, that's fine. And, and, and it's a little bit different what we're used to, to hearing here at Red Hill. Uh, so if this is not your favorite style of music, I hope you'll overlook that for a little bit and just listen to the message that's in this song called Our God. And uh, I think it'll be a blessing to you if you really listen to the words and the message. And I'm going to play it for you tonight. And those of you who are sitting close, you'll get to really hear it well. And those in the back, they'll let you hear it too. Once you get the words, we're going to start it. And I want you to think about it. I want you to praise the Lord tonight as we listen to this song and as we close at our little book of Jude. And I hope you've got your arms wrapped around the message in it now and feel like you've got a hold of it. And um, so let's, let's listen too. And if you want to, we can sing the song Uh, Our God. And as soon as everybody gets a copy of it there, uh, we'll play it. Here's where you start to sing. I got it straight up. 
Danielle on the guitar and I was singing the vocals on that. You didn't know she was that talented, did you? But I'll be honest with you, that may not be your favorite style of music, but what a message, what a reminder. Our God is awesome. 
Our God is stronger. I don't know what you're going through tonight. But listen, our God reigns. And just rest in Him. Trust Him. I want to read that doxology one more time, then we're going to go. And I appreciate you being here tonight, and we're so thankful for you being here. And thank you for the, uh, being with us during the study of Jude, and we're going to jump in a new study next Wednesday. Now to Him, who is able to keep you from stumbling, and to present you faultless before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy, to God our Savior, who alone is wise, Tonight, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. And God's people said, Amen. Amen.